Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Before I launch into uh, what I want to share with you tonight, I want to read uh, two verses of Scripture from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25 says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Praise God for His Word. We are encouraged and exhorted to consider one another by stirring up love and good works, the Word says, and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. So that's what we're doing uh, at this point in time. We are assembling ourselves together and exhorting one another through the Word, encouraging us in the Word of God, strengthening our faith. And it's important, especially the Word says, so much more as we see the day approaching. So I pray that the message I will share with you today will minister to your heart. It's not one of those usual messages that I share because the word that I'm about to share with you today came in the most unusual way. It came out of a conversation I had with the Lord in the Spirit just yesterday morning. Actually, it came out of a question I put to the Lord. I asked him to help me answer an important question for myself. And I'm going to share with you the question I shared with the Lord. I asked him, and what was his response to me? And that's how this message was birthed. I asked the Lord and I said, Lord Jesus, these are my golden years. In just a few months, I'm going to be turning 70. How can I best serve you in these golden years I have left on this earth? Now, when you reach, I'm, I'm sure not many of you can identify because not many of you are that old uh, on our program. Actually, I'm not sure if anyone is there. But when you reach the last stretch of your life, you think very differently than when you were 25 or 35 years of age. You know that you have limited time left on this earth and you want to make the most of the time you have left. You don't want to waste any time. You want to invest your life in what really counts in the light of eternity. Now, the answer that came back to me surprised me. Because the Lord answered my question 
with a question. Have you ever had that happen to you when you ask the Lord with a question and he comes back with a question? Well, he asked me the following. He asked and he said, what is it that you value the most in your life? What satisfies your heart and soul the most? Or what is it that fulfills your life the most? And I thought for quite a while and pondered on that very question the Lord asked me. What is it that fulfills my life the most? What is it that I value the most? And sooner or later, each one of us has to ask that question for yourself to answer it. Well, I thought for a while and pondered on that very question, and then I answered confidently the Lord saying, Lord, I value most my relationship with you and my relationship with the people that you have blessed me to walk with. I value my fellowship with your spirit. I love being in your presence. I love sharing intimacy with you as well as with the people you blessed me to walk with on this earth. And the Lord responded to me again by saying, he said, you answered your question well. And then he said this, invest your life in people, my people, and you will have treasures in heaven. He said, become an aggressive investor by investing in your relationship with me as well as with the people I have given you to shepherd and do life with. And he went on to say, teach them and educate them in the things of God, encourage and build them up in their faith, pray for them and love them as I have loved you and you will store up treasures in heaven where thieves do not break in and steal. Dear family, I'm not sharing with you just a simple message today, but I'm giving you valuable wisdom that will give your life purpose and godly direction. It will give you an eternal perspective that's why I've entitled this message, Living with Eternity in Mind. God values and prioritizes people more than anything else. And we need to really get that deep down in our hearts. People are God's greatest and most precious treasure. Many years ago, God spoke to my heart through his word from the book of Isaiah, and he gave me a promise. And this was the promise he gave me. Isaiah 45, verse 2 and 3. He said, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze, and I will cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. And when I asked him, 
what are the treasures of darkness? His answer was very simple. He said there were people, the souls of men and women, who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death. As you can see, people are God's greatest treasure. And the more we love God, the more ways we will find to please and to serve Him. And the more we love people, I believe the more ways we will find to bless them and, of course, to enrich their lives through the Spirit. Thirty-five years ago, while we were still living in Masvingo, Zimbabwe, the Lord began to prophetically speak to me one evening in prayer through a prophetic utterance which came out of my mouth as I was in prayer. I wrote his words down in my Bible with the date next to it so that I would not forget it. To this day, these words burn brightly. It was Monday, the 2nd of February, 1987, at 7 o'clock p.m., 7 o'clock in the evening. And this is what the Lord said to me. He said, my son, the day will come and it's coming that you will leave this place, you will leave this town and this country, for I will call you into another country. But know this, that the influence you have had in this place and the people of this place will never be forgotten. And the seed you have sown will increase and bear fruit, and the lives you have touched by my Spirit will be a living demonstration of God's love and ability to transform and change any heart. You see, God the Father through the Spirit was giving me a prophetic utterance in order to encourage me in the path that He was planning to take me on. And I believe He was also preparing me to focus on the greater picture by embracing a purpose that was greater than my little world in Masvingo, Zimbabwe because we were living in Zimbabwe then. I was not in full-time ministry then. I was just a businessman. And I was happy and I was content in running my own business and preaching in my free time, usually during weekends, as we traveled and ministered to the Greek communities all over Zimbabwe. And the prophetic utterance I received that evening opened up a whole new world before me, and I knew that my time in Zimbabwe was coming to an end. But this is what impressed me as I ponder and remember and meditate on those words. The Lord emphasized the fact that what really mattered in His eyes was not the lifestyle I had in Zimbabwe or the business I owned or the financial security I had, but the influence and the impact I made on people's lives through my faith in Christ. These are the things he spoke about because those were the things that mattered the most to the Lord. And that's why I say to you that I realize that people, not ministries, not buildings, not titles, not money, People matter the most to God. They are His treasured and prized possession. And a few weeks ago, 
I received a text message from a member of our then Greek congregation back from the 90s. She heard one of my messages that I preached in Cyprus and was translated in Greek and got in touch with me. And among other things, she said, I will never forget the impact you had on my life. Meaning that my ministry in the Lord and influence in Christ had such an impact in this person's life by turning her wholly to God to serve Him and to worship the only true God. Folks, listen. There is no greater honor, no greater privilege than the one of being able to make a difference in other people's lives through your testimony in Christ. To know that your faith in Christ has influenced others to turn to God in order to worship Him in spirit and in truth. No greater honor and no greater privilege on this side of heaven. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 3 says the following, Those who lead many people to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Did you hear that? Those who lead many people to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. God will cause the soul winner to shine like the brightest star in heaven forever and ever. And those who invest their lives into the service of others in order to better their lives receive the greatest rewards in heaven. James, in the book of James, chapter 5 and verse 20, the Passion, the Passion Translation says the following, For the one who restores the sinning believer back to God from the error of his way gives back to his soul life from the dead and covers over countless sins by the demonstration of love. You see, our life here on earth, I believe, will be measured and judged by how we have impacted others toward Christ and His cause. Here is a question that we need to ask ourselves from time to time. How do you evaluate your life's work? What measure do we use? What do you think people will say at your funeral? Have you ever thought about that? I have a number of times. A pastor friend of mine said to me the other day that he was impressed to preach by taking his text from one of Matthew Henry's commentary, which said, One should think about dying, then pray accordingly. One should think about dying, and then pray accordingly. I think that is a wise prayer to pray, don't you? Hello, are you still with me? Moses prayed to God, saying, Teach us, O Lord, to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. 
Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The Passion says, Help us to remember that our days are numbered and help us to interpret our lives correctly. Set your wisdom deeply in our hearts so that we may accept your correction. You see, when we live life with eternity in our mind, our perspective changes. When we realize that our life on this earth is very short compared to eternity, we begin to live with purpose and precision. James says in James 4.14, For what is your life? Question mark. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time, and then it vanishes away. You see, we don't have time to waste on futile pursuits and selfish ambitions. But as the scripture says, we redeem our time wisely. And that can only happen when we have eternity in our minds. Friends of the ministry, listen to wisdom. It's not how many titles we have next to our name that counts, or how much money we have, or what car we drive, or where we choose to live, but rather how many lives we have touched and blessed through our faith in Christ. How many people we truly loved and served while here on earth, and the difference we made through our faith in Christ and our commitment to the cause of His kingdom. That's what really matters in the light of eternity. This is a purpose to live and to die for. That is a dream to pursue and to dedicate our lives to. So think about your death and pray accordingly. Live your life with eternity in mind. Ask the Lord daily to visit you with the richness of His grace by empowering you and anointing you in such a way as to make a difference or an impact in the life of someone else. Be it a kind word, a gesture of generosity, a prayer, or sharing Christ with someone who does not know Him. These are the things that truly count in the eyes of God and in eternity. These are the things that are valuable to our Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that God reserves the highest and most prestige rewards for those who invest their lives in the service of others as they demonstrate God's love through their actions. Jesus said in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. How do we lay up treasures in heaven. I believe by pursuing the things that matter the most in the light of eternity. By investing in people with our time, our treasure, 
and our talent. That's how we store up treasures in heaven. The life we choose to live here on earth will decide and determine the kind of rewards we will receive in eternity. The Apostle Paul, writing to the Colossians, he said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. And then he said, Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Well, he said we are to seek those things which are above. How? By setting our minds on them. Here is the key. We always go where our mind goes. We always end up where our mind goes. Our way of thinking, the thoughts we choose to dwell on, will always determine the kind of actions we take. If our minds are filled with eternity, then eternity will govern our actions. That's why I believe this is the reason we need to take charge of our thought life, because our mind becomes the battleground of our destiny. And the destiny, of course, of many other people. Because it's not just about us. It is about those that we are destined to bless, to reach, to encourage, to build up, to edify, and to strengthen through our ministry to them. And as I say, be it an encouraging word, be it a prayer, a gesture of generosity, or a kindness, all of these things help to build other people. And that's where the heart of God is. You see, the devil loves to fill our thoughts with the things of this present world by keeping us preoccupied with the here and the now. Paul, writing to Timothy, said, No believer should entangle himself with the affairs of this life. Don't be swallowed up, he said to him, by the here and the now. Focus on your mission as a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so many of us so often fall into this trap. We allow the present, the here and the now and the cares of this world and so many other things just swallow us up and there's no time to think about anything else. And that's why Jesus repeatedly taught us in the book of Matthew not to fill our minds with the thoughts and the cares of this world. In Matthew chapter 6, from verse 25 through to verse 34, Jesus repeated the word, take no thought, four times. He said, why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. He goes on to say, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we be clothed with? Then again, 
in Matthew 33, 30, 34, take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Please notice, as I've mentioned to you in these few verses, Jesus said four times, do not take these kind of thoughts. You know, thoughts can come, but we have a choice. We can take them, we can dwell on them, or we can reject them. Do you think the Lord Jesus loves to repeat himself over and over again? Of course not. But he wants to impress upon our minds the importance of our thought life. Paul, inspired by the Spirit of God, writing to the church in Corinth, he taught them how to exercise their authority by using the spiritual weapons in order to do two things in regards to the thought life. First, they are to cast down, throw down imaginations and thoughts that exalt or contradict the Word of God by exalting themselves above the truth. And second, he said, we are to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 to 5. How do we practically do that? by exchanging our thoughts with the thoughts of God. Remember what God said in Isaiah 55, My thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. But he also said something else. As the rain comes down from heaven, so does my word come down. You see, the ways of God are revealed through the thoughts of God. And the thoughts of God are made known to us through the Word of God. Meditating on the Word brings revelation to how God thinks. We get to know how He thinks. We get to know His ways. And our minds are renewed as we meditate in the Word of God. Our minds are renewed by the thoughts of God, and then we are empowered by His Spirit to walk in the ways of God. And this is how our transformation takes place, the Bible says. We exchange our thoughts with God's thoughts as they are revealed to us by the Spirit through the Word. And this is my personal conviction, that the greatest obstacle of the church in regards to walking with God and living in His presence, I believe, is the old, unrenewed mind. In other words, the mind that has not been educated in the Word and in the ways of God. A mind that is untrained in how God thinks. So when the mind becomes illuminated by the Word of God, revealed to us by the Spirit of God, we are able to walk in agreement and harmony with God and live constantly in His presence. And the primary reason we are not able to discern, I believe, the will of God, or find it almost impossible to hear the voice of God, is because of a mind that is untrained or unrenewed or uneducated in the Word of God. And Paul, writing to the church in Rome, he exhorts the believers and he says, we are to be transformed 
by the renewing of our minds. Why? So that we are able to prove and discern what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, if your mind is not renewed, you won't know, first of all, who you are in Christ, what your purpose is in the Lord, where you're supposed to fit in, and what you're supposed to do. These are things that are not written necessarily in the Word of God. These are things that are revealed to us by the Spirit as we study and meditate the Word of God. Amen. A mind that is uneducated, or rather educated and illuminated by the Word of God, obtains discernment and perfect knowledge where the will of God and the purposes of God are concerned, particularly for your own life, for your own family, for your own future, what God planned for you, the future that he has set out for you, the blessing that he has in store for you, or the challenges that lie ahead, preparing you to face them and overcome them. All of these things are revealed to the renewed mind and are set before us by the Spirit of God as He reveals to us things to come. And I've, I've had that experience many times in prayer. As my mind is illuminated, I see things ahead of me. Why? Because Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes, He will show you things to come. Not necessarily things to come in the world, but things to come in your own life so that you can be prepared for them when they arrive and be ready for them and know how to navigate through difficult and challenging situations. Now, if you want to know the plan of God and the purpose of God for your life, there is no other way to, to get it but get to work and renew your mind. That's the only way you're going to get to know. If you want to hear the voice of God in regards to matters and situations you are praying about or struggling with, get to work and renew your mind. You will know then. If you want to have peace of mind and heart, get to work and let your mind be illuminated by the Word of God as the Spirit opens it up and shows it to you. The word says to be spiritually minded is life and peace, but to be carnally minded leads to death. So this is the key. And that's what true repentance means. Repentance means in the Greek is medania, comes from two words. Change your mind. That's just as simple as that. We constantly are renewed in the spirit of our minds as the Lord shares light and truth and illuminates our thoughts with his thoughts. Very often God will speak to you through your thought life. He doesn't speak in an audible voice. He doesn't shout to get your attention. I wish he does sometimes, but he does not. He does not lift up his voice, Isaiah says. He would reveal 
his thoughts to you, and in his thoughts, the will of God, the purposes of God, are contained in those thoughts that he shares with you. Amen? It comes so naturally if your mind is renewed. But if your mind is unrenewed and uneducated where the word of God is concerned, you will not receive it. You will, In fact, you will fight against it and reject it. I recall many years ago when God was preparing me for the full-time ministry, He said, Son, there are some changes that are coming in your life that unless your mind is renewed, there is a strong possibility you will reject my will. You will reject those thoughts. So what I want you to do, he said, I want you to put extra time in prayer and fasting. Pray in the Spirit more than you did. And as you do, I will illuminate your mind. I will renew it and I will show you things to come. And that's exactly what I did. So when, when the change came, I recognized it. And I, 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 I went with it. And that was, and that was, and that was something that, that I believe was the key to bring me to where I am today. Amen? We've got to be discerning. We've got to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for our lives. That cannot happen without the renewing of our mind. And so if we want to have eternity in our mind, or a mind that is set not only on this life, but in the life which is to come, we've got to get to work and renew our mind with the thoughts of God and train ourselves to live on a higher dimension, above the pulls, the distractions, and the temptations of this present world. And this is my prayer for you, that you get to that place where your mind is so renewed, where you are elevated above the pulls, the distractions, the temptations of this world. And you focus on your mission, whatever that mission is for you. For me, it is to teach and educate the church of God. That is what I've dedicated my life to. But your mission might be very different from mine. As long as you're faithful to do what God called you to do and do it the way He called you to do it, you will store up treasures in heaven where thieves don't break in and steal and moth does not corrupt. Amen. And that's the message I wanted to communicate to you today, that God values people, folks. God values relationships. That's why I often travel and meet with the people I relate to. I love to do that, even if it's just one person. In 1987, in the month of May, I traveled all the way from Masvingo, Zimbabwe to New Jersey to be with one person because the Lord led me to do it. He touched my heart with it. And what a wonderful union it was. Out of that, out of that uh, relationship, out of that first communication, there was birthed a rich relationship that continues to this day for 35 years. 
God loves people. And this person said, God loves me so much that he would take a person all the way from Africa and bring that person all the way to New Jersey, the United States, just for me. And this was a person that was rejected, that was ignored even by the born-again family. And that visit spoke volumes to her of the love that God has for this person who was literally very little education. Amen. This ministry that we are part of is built on relationships, folks. And, 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 and it must continue that way. We must invest in our relationships. It doesn't cost you anything to respond and to say, Hi there, how are you doing? Is there something I can do for you? Something I can pray for you? Amen. When you get a message from your pastor, don't ignore it. Communicate back. Put effort in it. Because when you do that, you show the person that he matters. He's not just a number. Paul had such a heart for God's people. So often he would say to them, you are my crown and my joy. I long for you, he said, with the love of Christ. I long to see you. I wonder if Paul had the same means of transportation that we have today, how often he would visit his beloved churches. We have been privileged with technology. We have been blessed with so much today at our disposal. And let us use them, folks, to encourage one another. And to, as the Bible says, to stir up love and good works. And not forsaking the, the coming together, the assembling of ourselves. Whether we assemble in a building or whether we assemble on the screen is just the same thing. I can see you. I can talk to you. You can hear me. I can hear you. We can communicate. The only thing I can't do is can't give you a hug. Are you out there? Focus on people, starting with your own family, your spouse, your children, your parents. Honor them. When was the last time you sat down and wrote a letter to your parents, acknowledging your love, your your respect and your honor for them. The Bible says, honor your father and your mother. Honoring is not just words, empty words. They substance to it. One of my greatest pleasures and joys is when I receive a card from one of my children. Just sharing the heart. Saying, Dad, we love you. We appreciate you. We acknowledge your value in our lives. What does a father or a mother seek from the children? Honor. That's all. Just to acknowledge them. So pray. Ask the Lord. When, I, when, when my relationship was at a loss with my father-in-law, we would argue because 
he would try to discipline and correct me. And I was, I grew up without a father in our house. He was in South Africa. We were in Cyprus. And, and, and I was not too keen on discipline or correction. And when I came into the family, my wife's family with a loving family, my father-in-law tried to correct me to discipline. And I argued and I fought with him until one day the Lord opened my eyes. And I saw not the hand of my father-in-law, but the hand of God that was at work through my father-in-law, endeavoring to correct and to discipline me because I was an unruly and undisciplined person, even after I was born again. And I sat down and I wrote him a letter. I repented. I asked him to forgive me. And I said, Dad, I'm sorry. I will honor you. I will submit to I acknowledge your input in my life. I acknowledge your influence. Please forgive me. And from that day on, the relationship turned around. And the next thing that happened, heavens opened. And the blessings began to flow. Amen. Relationships are important to God. So take time and honor and love and tell them that you love them. Tell your children, tell your wife, tell your parents and whoever is close to you. That's why when I asked the Lord, Lord, I don't know how many years I have left, but the ones that I have, please help me to serve you wisely. Help me to serve you as best as I can. And he said, focus on two things, your relationship with me and your relationship with the people that I have given you and privileged you to walk with. Love them, educate them, teach them, pray for them, encourage them, strengthen their faith. That's why I have one hour a week that I have your attention. And in that hour, I want to flood your minds with illumination, with revelation knowledge and spiritual understanding. Because if I can impart to you some measure of wisdom from God, I know that you will succeed in life, that your life will bear fruit and many lives will be blessed because of you. So I want to bless you tonight and pray for you and leave you in God's hands. Father, thank you so much for your precious word, for your wisdom that is so freely given to whosoever will ask in faith. I thank you for these precious families that I see every week on the screen, them and their children, Lord, and the grandchildren. I thank you for each and every one of them. And I pray, Father, that our love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. I pray that we may prove things that are excellent, that we may be sincere and without offense. I pray that you may fill us with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. May each one of us, Father, and each family be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that we may walk worthy of you, Lord, fully pleasing you and being fruitful in every good work. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. 
For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.